up to round eight this week in the NRL and to have a look at the fixtures for this week. NRL legend and Sweet and Sour podcast main man, Jamie Sour, joins me. Uh, good, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. How are we going? Very well, mate. And obviously all the talking point uh, over this side of the border, the border's actually opening this week as well, is uh, the Brisbane Broncos. And uh, one quick question, Jamie, how would you start to fix this problem? Yeah, well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, Wayne Bennett's fired back at Anthony Seabold, the Broncos, and you know, the word rebuild's been tossed around for the... Yeah, for the near future for the Broncos, but that shouldn't be in their vocabulary. They're one of the biggest sporting clubs in Australia. So uh, I think, first off, you're trying to get a, a better effort out of 17 guys from week to week. And You know, I tweeted the other night, you look at the Bulldogs play, and they're last at the moment, but they try right to the to the 80th minute. They mm. just keep trying. They're just lacking some skilled players and um, some, some guys to be able to finish off some of their set moves. But... The Broncos, yeah, there, there was some question marks whether they gave up on the weekend or not. And that, that comes from your leadership. That comes from your coach. So uh, a lot of pressure on the Broncos at the moment. And who would have thought the Gold Coast Suns, that's right, the Gold Coast <laughs> Suns are going to be the most successful Queensland team in any sort of code this year. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And, you know, that's been a work in progress, hasn't it? I mean, they threw all their eggs in the Gary Ablett basket early days, and uh, when he left, they had to rebuild, and uh, we're starting to see the signs of it can work. Yeah, it can, but the Broncos don't do that. No. Now, David Fafita's thinking about leaving. Uh, Tessie Noon has agreed to a contract extension, but I just, when I watch the Broncos, I don't understand what their game plan is. Like, usually I can get a sense of, Okay, the Roosters like to move it to this point and they come back with some shape. I have no idea what the Broncos are doing. Uh, the forwards are telling Brady Croft what they want to do instead of him telling uh, the forwards what he needs them to do to get him in position. And then when they get down there, they look like they've just met each other. So, yeah, plenty of problems for the Broncos. Let's have a look at this week's game, starting with the Storm v the Roosters. Both sides with significant outs, but uh, the Roosters are short price to win here. Yeah, they just keep on rolling, don't they, the Roosters? They bring in uh, you know, the next man up. They've, they've got great depth across all their uh, squad in, in every position and they can just move and chop and change guys around. So Victor Radley, huge loss uh, for the back-to-back chance. But they come up against the Melbourne Storm team who, uh, uh, without Cameron Munster, probably their biggest threat. I know Cameron Smith's been good this year, but Cameron Munster's been their best player in the last couple of weeks in providing that attack. So uh, Melbourne will have something in store for them. I don't know anything, but don't be surprised if Cooper Johns gets rushed into the game uh, instead of Riley Jacks, because what we saw from Riley Jacks the other week was a little bit passive in defence on that edge, and the Panthers really really went after him. So I'm expecting the Roosters to win, but yeah, don't be surprised if uh, Melbourne make it really gritty for them. Two games on Friday night, the first of these at 6pm. It's a real tricky game here for the Canberra Raiders. They face the Dragons. They've got a great record, and one thing helping the Raiders will be that they're back at home, and they love playing at home in front of that crowd. Hopefully they get uh, a big enough crowd there to be able to support them. But the Raiders, you know, this has been trending down. In the power rankings, I've had them, you know, one after they beat Melbourne, and they've found their way down to number eight. Mm. So their attacks are struggling. Last week, everyone looks at the result and thinks, oh, they're in that game. They were gone. They, they Parramatta, you know, were just out on their feet. They busted themselves a week before and just, you know, learnt some tough lessons about closing out a game. But the Canberra Raiders, they, they need to fix their attack. They need to attack with a little bit more freedom. Uh, and that's that's how they 
get themselves into a position to get back in this competition. The Dragons, they were good last week, but, geez, they're negative. They are really negative, the Dragons. You look at that scoreline last week, 10 all. they have the ball down on the Champs line and they take the two. Like, they were never going to beat the, the Roosters 12-10. It's really negative coaching and negative vibes within that uh, team when they get an opportunity. So uh, I think the Dragons can go down there and maybe upset the apple cart early, but Ricky Stewart will have his team yeah, bunk it down. They'll go probably go into camp uh, yeah, the night before, meet early that morning and just really knuckle down because they know that their season's on the line. Second game, we head to the fortress that is Bankwest Stadium where the Parramatta Eels hosts the North Queensland Cowboys. Tricky one for Parramatta. They, it's easy to handle losses on the run. You can get through that game last week and think, yep, we've, we've got Dylan Brown and Gutho and we came up with some big plays and we're able to get the win uh, in a tight game. But when you have a week to prepare, you try and work a new guy in. And I think Miami really saw the struggles last week. DCE tried to fit into Croker and, and Garrick's game rather than those guys coming in and, and doing their job. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I think Jay Field looks like he might be wearing the number seven. Uh, how he how he goes into the game, whether he's just running the footy and Dylan Brown and Gutho kick or not, but it's a bit of a banana peel game because the North Queensland Cowboys last week they just wanted to play at home. They look like they just you know they weren't going to turn yeah. up every other week, but when they got the fans there, it was completely different. So a uh, bit of a banana peel game. I'm expecting Clifford and Drinkwater to build off last week with their running game. That looks like it suits them a lot more. And for the first time in a long time, and I, I know you'll agree, Watsy, that. The North Queensland Cowboys changed their attack. They will run first yep. instead of trying to finesse their way around. Now, Val Holmes comes back in the side. He'll need to support the ball and provide a foil for those guys to run the footy. Don't worry about scoring in the corner. Let's go through them first, and then we'll try and break them down at the end of the half. I expect Parramatta to win, uh, only because it's at Bank West, but don't be surprised if Tamalolo gets another three points and the North Queensland Cowboys upset them. Yeah, they're a different side last week. Three games on Super Saturday. The first, we head back to Seabus Super Stadium to see the Titans take home, take on the Sharks. Titans, fantastic last week. Uh, the trouble with them is how do, do they know that they're going to turn up this week? You know, do they know that they're playing back at home and there's another game? Because you watch them last week, they were excited. They were, you know, it's like they've had their first win all over again. Uh, Fogarty and, and Ash Taylor look like their combination really grew last week but the NRL you know, throws challenges at you every week so they need to bottle what they had last week, that enthusiasm, energy and come out against the Sharks side who if you have a look at the Sharks draw they should finish in the top five they should they don't play another top four team for a long long time, they've got a really soft draw in terms of teams in and around that sort of 6 to, to 16 mark for the rest of the year so don't be surprised if the Sharkies go on a little bit of a run can they go up to Queensland and get the job done? Uh, I think they can. The, the Sharkies, for me, just be too experienced. And we heard Tristan from Top Sport uh, allude that there has been a bit of money at odds for the Sharks uh, on the Sweet and Sour podcast. And there has been a trail of money for this next game. The Broncos, uh, $1.65 into $1.47. Surely they beat the Warriors on the, in, on the 5.30 slots that day. Yeah, well, I'll be rugged up. Uh, I know the 7.30 game is very warm and I might be getting a little bit uh, nudie rudy uh, for the 7.30 <laughs> game, but the 5.30 game, I couldn't put enough clothes on. Uh, it won't. It will not heat me up enough to watch that game. Warriors, yeah, I, I feel really sorry for them, but we've got to judge them on their performance on the field. And Todd Payton was really brutal with his side last week in that press conference. He spoke about guys not wanting to turn up and yeah, you've got to put all that stuff behind you. We understand it's tough, but 2020's been tough for a lot of people. And you know, these guys get the chance to go out and play rugby league. We, we understand the, the circumstances, but that effort last week just wasn't good enough.
and they come up against the side that's exactly the same. You know, one of the most powerful clubs, we said at the start of the interview, one of the most powerful clubs, not in rugby league, but in, in world sport in terms of the, the branding and everyone knows who the Brisbane Broncos are. And for 32 years, they've been the, at the pinnacle, or if not up the very top of that sporting landscape. And at the moment, they're unrecognisable. So, uh, look, it's 50-50. And that's that's embarrassing to, to the Broncos. It's 50-50. You expect the Broncos to win, but yeah, even if they won 50-0, there's still a lot of cracks there that you can't paper over um, with, with what that performance will be. So Brisbane to win, but... Yeah, don't be surprised if it's if it's ten or something like that. Seven thirty-five game. Uh, you'll be covering that for two GB. The West Tigers versus the Penny Panthers. Yeah, I stripped the clothes off. I'm excited about the seven thirty clash, the Battle of the West. West Tigers outstanding last week. A, a real banana peel game. That you think about the Titans. They lost that game when they were in good form. So Michael Maguire fired his troops up. They came out. They trailed early in that game against the Doggies, and then they were able to to go on with a professional effort, and that's what you have to do if you're a good team. Uh, Josh Reynolds looks great. Harry Grant, well, you can't speak highly enough of him at the yeah. moment, what he's done for that side in their attack. Uh, they go up to the, they play the Penrith Panthers this week, who are the form team of the competition. You have a look at what they've done to Melbourne. They dismantled them. Last week, they were able to have an impressive win over South Sydney, who had been rolling a little bit. So I'm expecting Penrith to win this game, but I think it's going to be a real battle. I can see Josh Reynolds getting up and clear his face and putting some pressure on him and trying to make it that nitty-gritty 12-10 game. And that's going to be another test for the Panthers. They've tried, they've led in, in all four games the last month. Then they've conceded a bit of a lead or they've conceded a soft try that lets the other team back in. So um, the, the young Panthers, uh, off the back of Nathan Cleary, who I think will win the Daly M now if he continues his form, they need to be able to put the put the medal down when they get an advantage there and not invite teams back into the game. So Penrith to win. Two games on Sunday. The first of these are a real tricky one. Both sides suffering uh, losses last week. The Manly Seagulls take on the Newcastle Knights. I sneakily think this might be the, the most entertaining game of yeah. the round. DCE last week struggled without Walker and Trubojevic. Now you've had a week to get used to it. You know they're not coming back. So, yeah, this is on DCE's shoulders. Last week he, he wasn't himself. He, as I mentioned, sometimes you, you, as a half, you get used to the surroundings, and then when it happens in the game, you think, yep, yeah, great, and then you try and change too much to please the other guys, but just worry about your job, DC. You're the best half in the world at the moment. You can get the job done by yourself, and other guys will follow you, so I'm expecting him to have a big game, and against his New South Wales counterpart in Mitchell Pearce, who wasn't great last week either. A lot of pressure on yep. Mitchell after that game, and, and surprisingly so, because they've been rolling Newcastle, but now they get into a bit of a tough part of their draw. So it, I, I've tipped Newcastle, but after hearing my preview and how good it sounds, I might tip Manly. <laughs> um, I just think to power, they, they cancel each other out. To power, I mean, Pong is the X factor. We understand you know, he's probably the best player on the field. But to power, Adam Fanil Blake, the way that they're paired up against the Clemmer and Saifidi, like this could be a real battle. Uh, I'm expecting Newcastle to win, but don't be surprised. Back at Brookie, fans, yeah, you can get lost at Brookie real quick. So I'm going to change my tip. I'm going Manly. Going Manly. And we wind our proceedings with the Rabbitohs looking to bounce back after last week's loss to Penrith. They take on the uh, Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Yeah, 6.30 game hasn't been kind to the to the Bulldogs, has it? No. They've been spanked three weeks or two weeks in a row, and I'm expecting the same this weekend. Uh, South Sydney, if they turn up, they, they can be 
I, I don't think they're in that top tier, South Sydney, but they're certainly finals bound if they can just not beat themselves. They turned the ball over really easily the last couple of weeks, and um, they, they, when they lose, they beat themselves. They beat themselves. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they bounce back from that and be able to you know, just concentrate. Latrell Mitchell, you know, he's a perfect example. Just concentrate on your job. Don't try too hard, and uh, you'll come out and get the job done. Now, if you have a look at Canterbury, like I said, they're last on the ladder, but they try every single minute and every second of that game. They lack some polish. We'll wait and see if they get big Luke Thompson, who's come over from St. Helens, to, to play up front. But they're just trying really hard. They just haven't got the right cattle in the right position to be able to get the job done. So I expect South Sydney to win. Um, if, you, if you're watching on the weekend, Damien Cook, not at his best this year. He's been figured out. You know, We all thought he'd excel in the new rules and the more open game. He's just struggled a little bit to find when to run and when to be able to dominate the ruck. So I'm expecting him to bounce back and have a big game this week. Now, big conjecture this week, obviously, on the Sweet and Sour podcast is the uh, your new poll, mate. Uh, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so we've decided to go with the best Aussie athletes or the, the greatest Aussie athletes from 2000 to 2020. Uh, we're getting that list. So it's going to be a couple of weeks in the making by the time we sort it all out by the amount of responses we had. Uh, on my Twitter yesterday, I had about 90 different comments about different people. Obviously, there's uh, some people out there that don't understand the question and they've put some nominations in and Don can't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've just got to take our time and make sure that we go through and get a nice balance there of, of all the sports and cover those uh, sports that are probably aren't as covered uh, in the mainstream media as, as much as rugby league and AFL and stuff. Yes, so yes or no to horses. Are they going to be in there, the horses? Uh, we left it to the people. It looks yeah. like no. No. It looks like no. So the people decide. That's the thing. People think that I sit at home and come up with all these ways to rig it. The people decide. Once I tweet it, the people decide what happens on the Sweet and Sour podcast. Well, there you go. You need to nominate Hugh Bowman for his gallant rides on Winks or Luke Nolan or the Lenny Boss for uh, Maccabi Diva. We've had some plenty, plenty of good uh, horse flesh in the last 20, 20 years. Jamie Sowd, thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much. Appreciate it.